The Full Spectrum Podcast, presented by Champions and Legends. Champions and Legends produces hemp-derived CBD sports supplements for athletic preparation, performance, and recovery. This is the Full Spectrum Podcast with Big Data and Maverick, available wherever you get your podcasts. Big Data, what's happening, buddy? It's that time of week again. How are you? Doing well. Excited. Another great week of sports and things happening in the world to talk about. Yeah, man. You know what? Sometimes I say to myself, COVID, you know, COVID's wrecked the whole schedule of sports that you're like, well, baseball's only a couple of maybe games away from ending now. Hockey's already over. Basketball's over. We're almost in the middle of football. Man, it's it's pretty crazy right now. Come January, February, I know it's usually the lull time, but I'm getting a little I'm getting a little nervous. I'm feeling that anxiety again that COVID's going to take away our sports again just because the seasons are all over. I don't know what to do. I'm I'm nervous. Basketball said they might come back uh, around December 25th. I've heard around Christmas time. Hockey maybe around that time as well. Let's hope. God willing. Right, big data. Cross God the willing. fingers. Cross the fingers. <laughs> listen let's give it a, let's start with a little entertainment news and worldwide sports um listen last week we might have gave this guy jeffrey tubin a little bit of a hard time and to be honest he kind of deserved it he got a little crazy you know meetings they drive everyone crazy and this guy you know he took it to another level to to take himself down a, a couple of notches you know those zoom meetings they can go an extra couple of minutes i get it but here's my big thing Every day, almost every week, even pre-COVID, and now especially because we're on our phones more and more, are you on my team where I'm thinking politicians, actors, and now sports people, we got to take their phones and their social media away because all they do is seem to give themselves and, and cause problems for themselves. And I, and I feel like you can get rid of all these issues, big data, if we take their, their technology away. Thoughts? Well, first of all, Tubin especially with males, started a worldwide panic. Right. Uh, not seen since, you know, the days of bell bottoms, I think. We're talking, <laughs> Very true. I have never heard a news story elicit so much response from generally males that me and you both know, who, yeah, who just were really frightened about it. And, Pretty much to a T, everyone thought that, yeah, possibly it could have happened to me. Well, exactly. And here's another example. It happened just a couple of days ago, and it's all rearing its ugly head once again. It's, it's Rudy Mayor Giuliani, the, the, the mayor of the world. This guy, obviously notorious for being a great leader during the whole September 11th uh, tragedy that occurred during that time. And now he's a, he's a pretty big figure in the Republican Party. You know, and this guy, he gets, you know, he's getting interviewed and uh, Borat too. So if for those, again, living under a rock and you guys don't turn on the your phones outside of, you know, maybe text messaging your your best friend or something like that. Here's the here's a quick little synopsis. Rudy Giuliani was asked to do an interview. It turned out that it was uh, from the movie Borat 2. They kind of they kind of pre-planned a meeting to try to ask him some silly questions and do these things. And Rudy took the bait. He did the interview. But it gets a little weird later. And here's my only thing. Last week we said that Jeffrey Tubin's going to have to sit down and explain to his wife how he got suspended and maybe even, who knows now, maybe fired from his job all because of the silly situation he put himself in. Well, Rudy did the same thing. Rudy did the interview. And then he ends up being in a bedroom with somebody that isn't his wife and or his girlfriend. 
And I just say to myself, big data, why are these guys constantly putting themselves in these situations, my friend? Why? You know, it makes no sense. They're probably a little too entitled, a little too powerful. But I have a solution. Yeah, what do you got? You know, Borat's subsequent film is out. You know, in the in the Borat movies, he's from Kazakhstan. He's gets sent to America. Why don't we send right. why don't we send Giuliani to Kazakhstan? I hear now. You know, I hear is nice there. It's a nice. You know what? That's a that's a great point. That's a great idea. Anybody that does anything dumb anymore, you guys have to go to Kazakhstan to deal with their media people and figure this out from there without your phones. That's that's maybe the punishment of all these silly things they're doing. I don't know if it's a real punishment. I bet you Kazakhstan's actually kind of nice. I bet you it's nicer than they think. I don't know. Maybe we're doing them a favor by sending <laughs> I don't know. All I'm thinking is why and how do these guys constantly get themselves in a situation? Here's my my little uh, here's my little spiel for all you guys that are high figured, powerful people, sports actors, whatever. Stop thinking. People are trying to be your friend. <laughs> that everyone's trying to throw you under the bus. That's it. That's all I say. That, I mean, it's it's pretty clear. I stop stop being those guys. Stop giving them the bait, if you will. You know, what I mean, stop giving them the stuff. From there, let's get to uh, the big news of the week. Listen, um, Halloween. Halloween's coming up this weekend. Are you a Halloween guy? Do you love Halloween? Do you dress up? I could see you dressing up. You know, occasionally I'll, I'll do a little dress up. Uh, you know, I remember, yeah. I remember a few years ago, it was a little, uh, little Star Trek, you know? Oh, really? <laughs> Star Trek? No way. What, who, who were you in, uh, in Star Trek? I, I see you as Chewbacca. Maybe no. Uh, that's Star Wars, Maverick. Oh uh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. Let's just move I'm on. I'm not into let's... this whole sci-fi. Yeah, okay, let's move maybe, on. maybe maybe we'll just move on. <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm not a nerd. I I just didn't grow up with that stuff. I, I don't know what to say. You know what I mean? I was a jock in in high school. I you know I had girlfriends. Sorry, man. I apologize. <laughs> Anyways, from there well, let's go over to uh, CrossFit because those guys are the true jocks of the world. This weekend was the CrossFit Championships. And once again, Matt Frazier and Tia Claire Toomey absolutely destroyed the field. Uh, uh, pardon me, Matthew Frazier. This is his fifth straight uh, CrossFit Championships. And Tia Claire Toomey has won four, four uh, championships. Unbelievable performance. I checked out their stats. And what happens is you get points for every time you you know come first or second, depending on uh, where you end up in that competition. Matt Frazier was first place in every single one of the competitions. This guy is something else. And, uh, and he trains with, with uh, Tia Kumi during the offseason. So together, they've, be, they've built this unbelievable force together. You know, it's really stunning uh, how dominant they were this year. Um, they had won in the past, but they've just year after year gotten more and more dominant and never as non- dominant as this year. Right. You know what? But big, big, uh, a big, awesome pat on the back for Pat Vellner and Sarah Sigmund's daughter. They did an absolute fantastic job this year. They're going to come back next year and dominate even more because you and I know them and we know that's what they're all about. They're not quitters. They're machines. That's what they do. Yes. Sarah Sigmund's daughter, unfortunately, recently she had a she had a pretty bad injury. Mm -hmm. She was working out. She she split her shin open. Oh, some stitches. And then unfortunately she had like an infection later. 
so her training regiment was off this year. So I think we can we can rest assured that Sarah will be back uh, better than ever next year. Well, you know what's crazy? Sarah on one leg is better than me and you with two <laughs> legs. So it doesn't really matter. Or Absolutely, Sarah legs. will be back. With six legs, exactly, whatever the case may be. From there, let's jump over to the F1 world. We told you this sport, this sports podcast has got a little bit of everything. We're going to go back to our favorite racer. It's Lewis Hamilton. He did what we told you he was going to do. He just did it a lot faster than we expected. He won his 92nd race. He won it at the Portuguese Grand Prix this last weekend. He has now overtaken Michael Schumacher as maybe, and let's call it what it is, he probably truly is now the GOAT of F1. Did you watch any of it? Did you see any of it, uh, Big Data? I sure did. Uh, another dominant performance. And I have a little comparison for you, Maverick. Sure. What do you got? Lewis Hamilton is a lot like someone we talk about on this podcast quite often. Who's that? LeBron James. Oh, God. Here we go. All right. What? So Lewis <laughs> was... Yeah. A team prodigy, just like LeBron was. Oh, okay. Uh, he chased, or he's been chasing, uh, Michael Schumacher for that greatest ever title, just like LeBron has always been chasing Jordan. Sure, sure. And right now, they're both at the peak of their powers uh, at the top of their sports. So he's basically the British LeBron. Well, I'll say he is better than the British LeBron because he's actually the goat where LeBron is still on the fence about <laughs> being the goat. So I'm on uh, I'm I'm absolutely impressed by this guy. Look, with if there's one thing that we can say really quickly about F1 and you don't have to be a big fan to know it is from the time it started in the 60s, 70s, maybe even early in the 50s, the technology in these cars have gotten faster, better more money's been thrown at it. And so with that being said, Lewis Hamilton is driving the fastest cars in the world. He's, he's up against the greatest of the greatest drivers today than, let's say, their counterparts. And not, not to be disrespectful to the Michael Schumachers and stuff, but Lewis Hamilton is doing it in and out. And I, I got to give more, I got to give him the GOAT status. I just do. 92 races is nothing to be, to, to shake anything out. I mean, that is big numbers for a guy that, is literally against other billionaires putting money towards these these assets and trying to get faster and faster and better each every year. So Maverick, I'm gonna have to put the brakes on you. Whoa, what? <laughs> so really, the, Schumacher and Hamilton are kind of neck and neck right now. Uh, mm -hmm. Schumacher won his 91 races. Mm -hmm. uh, in 15 fewer attempts than it took Lewis Hamilton to win his 91 races. Okay. So he was, he was a, a tad bit more efficient back then. You know, in the racing game, there's usually one uh, outfit that dominates everybody. So Schumacher and Lewis Hamilton both have been in that, you know, dominant race team, which gives them a big advantage on everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the end... It seems like they're the two greatest drivers of all time. You know, some people might come out at us and say, okay, Ayrton Senna was going to be, you know, unfortunately the tragedy, his racing career and his life was cut short uh, with a big crash. Uh, right. But I would say right now on GOAT status, they're, they're neck and neck. 
you know what? This is why I hate talking to you about stats. I don't know why I even try to bring anything up. You know, I, I go one way, you drive me the other way, and you might have a point. I'm not going to argue with you. Why? Because you're the big data. What's the use of arguing here? I don't want to fight you. Where I'm going to use your big data and your big brain is now we're off to baseball. We are. It's three games to two. The game is being played as we speak. Last we saw, the score was one to nothing, Tampa Bay, bottom of the sixth inning. As I alluded to, the series is three to two for who? The money team. The Dodgers are three games up on the math team, as I call them, the Tampa Bay Rays. But let's talk about game four. Two to one was the lead. Um, bottom of the nine, two out. Big data. Tell everyone what happened if you didn't see what happened. Yeah, like you said, it was uh, two to one Dodgers. We're in the bottom of the ninth inning. The Dodgers are leading the game 7-6. We're at two outs for the Rays. Then they bring in a pinch hitter, uh, Justin Phillips, who basically is a nobody. No, nobody. I don't even know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he's got two strikes on him. And, you know, there's a couple guys on base. He gets a single. Yeah. The place is going, you know, the Rays are, I should say, are going nuts. Yeah, I was going to say, they there's no one there. The big data. Seven, seven. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they're sending our favorite player, Randy, a Rosarena. Yeah. He gets the wave from the third base coach because the Dodger outfielder, Taylor, bobbles the ball. Yes. Simple play. He bobbled the ball. Third base coach sends Randy. And Randy's fast. And kind of like our friend Daniel Jones. He was going a little too fast. Yeah, exactly. And Randy fell down. He actually did like a somersault <laughs> rounding third base. And the Dodgers had him dead to rights. Except the catcher of the Dodgers, Will Smith, didn't know that Randy had fell down. And he knows how fast he is. So he was trying to do the old catch and tag. Yeah. And he dropped the ball. So Randy's on his <laughs> running back, trying to run back to third base, and he sees the ball is loose, and he just comes home, and they win the game. Well, here, here, here's the whole thing. They win the game. It was an unbelievable finish. Uh, a lot of people that bet that game, the money line, I can just imagine they're saying, I got this Dodgers game. I got <laughs> this all day long. And then that whole fiasco happening with two outs. That Phillips guy saw a stat on, uh, on Mr. Phillips there. He had – the 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 previously to that his last hit was in May, so this guy hasn't even hit the ball in in literally months since uh, <laughs> since anything happened. Who knows where even if he hit the ball, it, being that it was back in May of some time, he gets the he gets the single. No, he's probably just laughing his ass off getting to first base, and uh, Randy's running around doesn't know which way to go. And then you're telling me Will Smith is the back catcher. I mean, how many talents does this guy have? Singer. Songwriter, actor, and backcatcher of the Dodgers. That's unbelievable. It's that, true. That, is, that is unbelievable. He makes yeah. A lot of money. <laughs> Absolutely does. You know what? What a great game. The series is three to two. And hopefully, hopefully, I'm really hoping the math boys come out and make it three three. Let's get this down. I really am. So, we talked about it last week and we won't get into it until next week again. But I got to find out what wins. Is math always right? Because, hey, Every weekend, I look at those lines for NFL football, and I can't figure out how these guys get the lines right every single time. Will it now be taken to the baseball field 
And will teams revolutionize? Will they change? Will owners going, why am I paying $32 million when I can have a guy for $532,000? I, I, I just think this is so huge. This is such an underlying story that no one's talking about, and I, and I don't understand why. I, I just can't wait to see the ending to this. This is going to be awesome. Let's switch gears, and let's talk about one of the favorite things that should – should COVID not have reared its ugly head, it would have been one of the great things in sports. It's college football. I'm a college football junkie. So are you. I want to give you guys the top five as of last week because the Big Ten finally got inside the dance. They finally started. They said, hey, let's play some football, guys. The other guys are doing it. Let's get involved. So at number one, it's Clemson. No problems. Number two, you talked about them last week, and this team is – they just don't know how to lose. It's Alabama. At number three, it's the – Unbelievable 1-0 Ohio State. 1-0, and they got the third spot. Notre Dame, who's at 5-0, is the number four spot. And Georgia at 4-1 uh, and one is the number five spot. And down at number 11, no love for my boys from BYU at 6-0, number 11. I just want to say one thing. How does Ohio State win one game and they're ranked third? BYU, Notre Dame, undefeated. And they're fourth and 11th, respectively. What is going on here? So that's the beauty of a ranking system the where <laughs> you, just get, you just get ranked. You know yeah. what? I don't mind it. Notre Dame won a home game against Louisville 12-7. to seven. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not even sure Notre Dame should be in the top five. I know Ohio State is just full of top recruits, and they're probably going to destroy everyone in the Big Ten this year. So I don't have too much of a problem. And then Georgia, they did lose to Alabama. Uh, should they be fifth? Should maybe someone like Oklahoma State be a little higher? I think it's a little uh, SEC um, prejudice there for, for Georgia staying in the top five. But, you know, I, I, to tell you the truth, I don't think Notre Dame uh, had a great game against Louisville. And I, I think that should be hurting them a little bit more than it is. Well, you know, listen, I, I'll say this real quick. I, I totally understand that Ohio State is just full of amazing and future NFLers. I get it. But you know what? Your conference decided that they didn't really want to play, and these other conferences took a chance and sent their players out there. I just feel like you got to give them a little bit of respect for getting out there and being there. And at 1-0, look, they are good, and we know they're going to make it to the top 10 and all that, or top 5 easily. But let them get there first. You know, make them earn it. To give them the third spot after one, after a one, after a one and zero record. You know, all we're doing is enabling that kind of behavior, big data. That's all we're doing. We're just enabling it. That's it. So you're saying you want Ohio State to take you out to dinner first? I I do want them to take them. Of course I do, and I think I deserve it. Yes. <laughs> from there what about BYU you know what that's another team that doesn't get any love man I've watched some of their games and I am in love with Zach Wilson their quarterback I think this guy is so fun to watch have you watched any BYU games by any chance you better believe it so yeah BYU 6-0 obviously they don't have any um, they don't have any huge games on the schedule uh, they're likely to go undefeated the hardest game left on the schedule though is at the Broncos of Boise State. Yeah. Always a tough place to go play at the Blue Field. Take the over. Uh, so typically, uh, they have their way with BYU, but this year could be a little different. Why? Because maybe Patrick Mahomes Jr. Jr. is on the BYU team, 
You mentioned him earlier, Zach Wilson. He's a third-year QB uh, at BYU, and basically he's been looking like Patrick Mahomes through the first six games of the year. He started out as uh, just kind of an okay passer in his freshman season, a bit more of a runner. Uh, Had a had more exposure, more passing attempts in the second year, still a bit of a runner, uh, had a, a bit of a, a, a rough season. And then this year in his junior season, he's throwing at a 79% completion rate. He has 12 touchdowns to one interception through six game or, or through five games, 1,641 yards. So really he's dominating. He's throwing sidearm passes. He's super entertaining. And the Cougar Nation is losing their minds. They love this kid. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, you know, it's funny. I had this in my notes. I agree. There's a little Mahomes and Flutie. It's like if they both, if you could steal each DNA and make it into a person, that's Zach Wilson. Mahomes and Flutie. Flutie flakes. I like it. There <laughs> we go. From there, let's go to where Zach Wilson one day wants to be. And that's week seven of the NFL. Week seven completed. Just absolute craziness again. And I'm not talking about just all the games that happened in the morning and, and Doug and Tom, uh, pardon me, Tom Brady doing what he does best, which is just absolute dominate. I want to quickly talk about that Sunday night game. It got actually flexed into the Sunday night game. It's Seattle, Russell Wilson and his boys taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, you know, absolute crazy game went back and forth. But before we get into the real what happened in that game, Everybody and everybody on social media has talked about the superstar or dare I say the superhero, DK Metcalf. There's a scenario where Russell threw a really bad interception. Buddha Baker grabs it and he goes from the three-yard line of his own, uh, defending it all the way down. He thought he was running clear. DK Metcalf had it was at least 10, dare I say 12 yards, maybe even a little bit further before he realized the interception happened. And DK took off. Last week, I called uh, Henry a horse. I think DK might be a stallion. This guy chased him down. He might be Superman. He chased him down and got him around the seven-yard line, and Arizona ended up not even getting a field goal on the play, which was supposed to be a guaranteed touchdown. Everybody's talking about big data. What did you think of that one play? Because it overtook the whole weekend. It was incredible. I mean, people love to see, you know, shirtless pics of DK Metcalf because he's so ripped and shredded. I think he has a contest going on with Aaron Donald who can put the most uh, shredded shirtless pictures out there on Twitter. He's an absolute monster. Uh, He's having a great season. And, you know, in that game, Tyler Lockett was being the star. Yes. Yes. You know, he had three touchdown catches. He was just, just ruining the Arizona Cardinals defense. And, you know, DK said to himself, you know, listen, I can't be <laughs> outshone by Tyler Metcalf here. I have to do something special. And the whole sports world took notice. You want a superhero? How about this? Yeah. You know, his name's Metcalf. A calf is like, yeah, it's a baby cow. It's veal. Right. You know, you like, veal is nice, but it's doesn't doesn't really represent it. No, not at all. Let's call him Met Bull from now Met on. Met Bull. I like yes. it. Now you're onto something. I love that. Met Bull. Listen, with that being said, 
the NFL's had a lot of problems over the last little while with their Pro Bowl. Okay, they've had they just can't sell it to the fans. You know, the NBA's got the slam dunk competition, the three pointer, and even that's falling apart. Here's the solution: you're getting it from the full spectrum team. Here it is: you have DK Metcalf versus, uh, pardon me, uh, Tyree versus Henry versus the dark horse Daniel Jones. In a in a, you have to wear your equipment. You can hold the ball and you do a full sprint for a hundred yards. I think Daniel Jones might actually have a chance in this. Well, I think he's going to win the first 80 yards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he might mess it up at the end there. Exactly. And then I got <laughs> another one. You got Mahomes and Josh Allen doing the longest arm or who's got the biggest arm who can throw it the farthest, right? They're already talking about doing it for charity. Just do it for the Pro Bowl each year. Like who's got the hardest slap shot in hockey or something like that. Same situation, right? And then finally, Absolutely. get like Donald versus um, – Oh, I don't know. I'm thinking of another guy. Khalil Mack. Get Arnold against Donald again, hitting a bag, and it's got, you know, like those punching bags where it shows you how hard you hit? Let those guys tackle the bag and have some. There it is. I just answered the Pro Bowl for you guys. You don't need the game. You just have to get these guys exposing their absolute genetic, crazy freakness to the world. And there, I just sold you the, I sold you the game again. There it is. Done. Finished. And, and all you have to do is add gambling to and, it. <laughs> Exactly. That's all you got to do. What did you think of that Arizona and Seattle game? Did you like the way that ended? Did you like the sloppiness? What did you think of that game? I mean, it was a wild game. Uh, you know, I feel for the Seahawks fans that, you know, there was obviously it was a holding play on that DK Metcalf touchdown in overtime mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. Um, could do they always call that? Eh, maybe not. I agree. But it, you know, it, it was it was a penalty in the end. Uh, so for excitement-wise, that would have been a an amazing ending as opposed to a field goal to win the game. But uh, it was still super entertaining. You got to give Arizona credit, and I think you never want to count out Kyler Murray. Is what we're learning. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You know what? He is easily becoming. Uh, uh, you know, he's already a superstar. He's already great. He's already their best player. But it's games like that. You're like, you know what? This is why this. This is why they had to go off Josh Rosen right away. The year before they go and get this guy, they're thinking he's going to be the future. They see him slim pickings, and they're like, oh, we got it. Like, sorry, sorry, Josh, we have to take him. We have no choice here. This guy's unbelievable. <laughs> and the fact that he's running, he's tied for second or tied for first for rushing touchdowns. So you, you, he's got that component of being able to scramble and run as well. This Arizona team, I'm not really scared of them. I, I'm, I, neither defense should be very proud of themselves, to be quite honest. But offensively, man, really, really fun to watch. And I also, I also think Kyler Murray, if there was like an NFL uh, flag football league yeah. with all the same players, he would be easily uh, the best player in the entire league. There's, people can barely lay a hand on him and tackle football. Uh, he's that good. He's that nimble. And uh, he's he's really, really unbelievable athlete. Absolutely. Well, there's only one more undefeated team left in the National Football League. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm excited to see them going forward. I really like this team. I got to admit, uh, Big Data, I like the mixture of great defense. That defense across the league is slowly starting to, to rise. It's getting colder out. The run games are coming a little bit more exposed. They're coming out of the woodwork. The passing game starting to slow down a little bit. Defense is coming out. And 
that Pittsburgh team, I mean, they got a great ensemble of wide receivers. They got a little bit of that run game. They got that great defense. Pittsburgh might actually be a lot better than a lot of people anticipated uh, at the beginning of the year. I think um, Pittsburgh had a great start to the game. A little concerned with their end mm. to the game. Uh, Tennessee seems to be the comeback yeah. kings. Uh, they're literally almost every week coming back and uh, – they pulled it out every other week except this week. So I would I would give uh, a little bit of uh, of rope to uh, Tennessee to say they they're uh, probably just as good as Pittsburgh. And I think Pittsburgh um, they need to to clean a few things up, even though they're undefeated. Uh, I think they're just they're on the edge of. A I loss. couldn't agree more. I wanted to talk a little bit about Tom Brady and what the Buccaneers did last week, but I'm going to hold off till next week. Why? Because this week's week eight coming up, and which means we're at the halfway point. And at that time, I really want to dive into a little more Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the situation over in New England now that we're halfway through the season. So we'll talk about that next week. Big data, lay it out for everyone. It's time for Pump and Dump. And we just talked about him for a little while. The top QB now in fantasy football is Kyler Murray. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Russell Wilson second, Patrick Mahomes third, Josh Allen still hanging in at fourth there. And the bottom QB this week, he's averaging 18 points per game in fantasy. But man, did he have a bad week this week? Minus one points. New England's own Cam. It's not good, man. Not good at all. Running backs, Kamara still tops. Uh, Derek Henry's second. We have a new entry. Who do we got? Someone who was not drafted high. He's probably swinging a lot of fantasy seasons right now. Jacksonville's James yes Robinson. yes 26 juicy fantasy points on nice the he, you know what underrated I like him I like him bottom QB this or bottom uh, running back this week I'm gonna have to say he's been hurt a little bit but he's kind of underwhelmed this year Leonard Fournette. you know what it, wait just wait until they make it to the Super Bowl he'll be fine go on <laughs> gotcha Wide receivers, uh, as we mentioned earlier, top wide receiver now out of the blue, Tyler Lockett has taken over the number one spot. Buddy, that guy, he had how many? 13 catches for 200 yards and and three touchdowns. 13 catches, 200 yards, three touchdowns, and all we can talk about is DK Metcalf. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Fantasy gold. Second place, Ridley's back up there. Third is Hopkins, and and Thielen's dropped down to fourth place. Uh, wide receiver was really struggling this year. I know he's been a little bit injured, but uh, seven points in the last three games for DJ Chark in Jacksonville. Yeah, Very yeah same with me. I got him on one of my teams. I'm almost ready to let him go. Not going to lie. Not going to lie. Going to the tight ends, Travis Kelsey. He is ahead of all the other tight ends by a mile now. He's easily the number one guy. George Kittle back in second place, followed by Jonu Smith and Mark Andrews. Bottom tight end, I think I'm going to have to go with a little Greg Olson in that high-powered Seattle attack. He's only averaging 3.3 points a game. Get you know, that, isn't that kind of the weirdest thing? The Seattle offense is just clicking on all cylinders, and then you got Olsen, who is a big name, but not getting any balls. That sucks for him. What are you going to do? <laughs> and the, you know what? The defense, remarkably consistent. Again, the Ravens are still the top defense. And again, 
America's team through seven games. Their defense has minus one point. Jerry is losing his mind. Losing his mind. And one last thing, that hit that Andy Dalton took, I don't know how he survived. I thought he was dead. I I was like, that dude's dead. There's no way. But any guy, if your third-string quarterback has the last name of DeLucci, I'm in all day. Love that last name. I wish him (laughs) luck, and I'm on the Cowboys heavy this weekend. From there, we go to the great debate. Look, uh, Big Data, this past weekend, there was the huge UFC-anticipated light lightweight championship on the line. It was the interim Justin Gaethje against Khabib. Everybody knows who Khabib is because he beat up that Irish guy named Conor McGregor a little while ago. He's 29 and 0. He says, hey, I'm going to take you on. Let's fight. Let's figure this out. This interim title thing is a weird thing. Khabib, literally, I watched the fight, Big Data. I have to admit, it was it was not what I expected. I thought it was going to be a little bit more competitive. But by the second round, Khabib basically threw him to the ground. And this is a guy that used to wrestle bears legitimately. Threw the guy to the ground, put him in a triangle, choked him out, finished it over. Later on, he puts on an interview and says how he's retiring. He uh, acknowledges his dad who just recently passed. And now the internet has gone crazy because everyone is saying he is the GOAT of the UFC. So this week on Great Debate, we decided to say... Let's go through the four guys that we think are the GOATs and who really is the GOAT. The four participants that we have is George St. Pierre, John Jones, Anderson Silva, and of course, Khabib. Who do you think is the GOAT of the UFC, Big Data? Well, my favorite and who has a lot of credentials to be the GOAT uh, is definitely George St. Pierre. Uh, His peak, uh, he was just a devastating champion. And to tell you the truth, I used to do his workout with mm-hmm. George St. Pierre <laughs> Rushfit, which was super challenging. So I think GSP. You think GSP is the goal? Here's a little thing on GSP. 26 wins, only two losses. He is a UFC Hall of Famer. I, I hear you. Canadian, respect. He's a big, strong Frenchman. He knows what he's doing. John Jones, who has not been shy about saying to everyone that's picking Khabib. So the internet has basically pronounced that Khabib is the the GOAT, okay? And not to say, I'll give you my answer and who it is in a second. But John Jones has been very heavy on Twitter and Instagram and everything, all the social media to be like, there is no way. And I'm kind of seeing his point. He At 23, he was the youngest UFC ever champion. He was 26-1. and one. He beat all... He, he never lost his belt to anyone, basically. He kind of had to relinquish it because of his out-of-the-ring issues. You got Anderson Silva. This guy had the longest title reign in UFC history from 2006 to 2013. 16 consecutive victories at the middleweight division. And then Khabib, I mean, look, the guy is unstoppable. He's 29-0. and 0. He's now considered by Tapology and MMA, which is uh, an MMA uh, website that uh, is heavy into this stuff, as the pound-for-pound greatest. Two other guys that a lot of people talk about is Fedor Elomenko. He's a Russian guy. He never actually fought in the UFC, but this guy is, as they consider, the the uh, flyweight grand champion. Okay, This guy was 33-1, and one, and if you haven't heard of him, you're, you're crazy. And then Demetrius Johnson's another guy that everyone says. Who is the GOAT? I am going to go with Khabib, and here's why. This guy, because Jones, Jones truly is the better fighter. And because he fights at a heavier weight class, I would say to you, 
the bigger the guy, the more chance that he could probably beat you up. Okay. But here's the thing. It's his out of ring stuff that wrecks it for him. And that, and he knows it. And that's why I think he's so deliberate to be on Instagram to remind people why he's so good in the ring. No one can touch this guy. I agree, but you have to be that all round champion. And my, my vote does go to Khabib because the guy is all business. He shows up, he beats you up. He goes home. He's undefeated. Pound for pound, greatest UFC fighter of all time. I give it to Mr. Khabib. Big data. Well, there, it is. there you go. Khabib wins the great debate there. I agree with you, Maverick. Uh, as you like to call him, the Khabibur. Khabibur. Yes. Uh, and speaking of wrestling bears, I remember you wrestling a few bears on the nightclub dance floor. You know, it's what then. I it's what I do in my off season. You know, it's how to keep trim and do my thing. You know, I like to like to get like to grab those guys and throw them on the floor. That's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. There it is, everybody. That's uh, our episode for this week. Uh, you know what? The time just flies. It just flies sometimes. You know, can't believe it's that time of day. Yeah, when you're exactly. having fun. Listen, have a great week, everyone. We look forward to talking to you next week. Week eight, baseball be decided. Ohio State will probably be number one with a 2-0 record. Who knows what's going to happen? We'll figure it out next week. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening, everybody. Champions and Legends produces hemp-derived CBD sports supplements for athletic preparation, performance, and recovery.